everybody. This is Tuesday, November 7th, 5.30 p.m., our regular scheduled council meeting. Uh, can I get a roll call, please? All seven council members are present this evening. Thank you. We're going to start this evening with an invocation from Pastor Lionel Grant from First Southern Baptist Church uh, from Mojave Valley. And please invite everybody to stand. Lord of heaven and earth, we thank you for this opportunity that we may come together this evening. We ask, oh God, that you bless uh, our mayor and the city council. We ask for their wisdom and their guidance that you may always be with them to lead them directly. We thank you now and forevermore. In the name of our Lord and Savior, amen. 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 Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, Please be seated. All right, we're going to start this evening with a call to the public. Uh, you have three minutes of an individual. If you're representing a group, uh, please let us know, and we'll give you five minutes for the group. Um, go ahead and start, Steve. Stephen Lee, uh, it is abundantly clear uh, from all the research I do that we are on an accelerating course to the complete loss of our freedoms unless we do something. I would invite everyone who's fighting amongst each other, which there are a lot, what are you? Are you gay? Are you straight? Are you pro-Israel? Are you pro-Palestine? Are you white? Are you black? Are you uh, yellow? Are you gray? Are you trans? We've got all these things that they're using to divide and conquer us. And for the longest time, people have been asleep at the switch. This includes the city council uh, with not reading the bills and the language that's in them. Oh, they've never done that before, so we believe they never will. I think what we need, and I'm willing to form it, is a new committee where hopefully people come together with one purpose in mind, standing up for our freedom and our constitutional rights. And I'm entitling the group Stand for Freedom. I invite everyone on the city council to support this group, help assemble its members, and not run by me, just the idea comes from me. The concept is, is that we will take the time to do what you guys are apparently not doing, which is to read through all these appropriation bills every time we take a grant and look at what is the language in that bill. Is this something that, uh, that gives up some portion of our freedom and stop it. Start with that flag that I won't pl pledge allegiance to. As much money as the city spends, let's get a constitutional flag for the United States of America, the Constitutional Republic, and the Constitutional Republic of the state of Arizona that is the official flag of the Republic not an alteration or a captured flag. This is small but symbolic, but my God, how many times have I brought this up? This is so, so important that people pay attention to what's going on and that we not be divided on trivial issues, but the issues that involve those trying to quell my speech, other speech, uh, not give someone a platform 
or uh, not allow them to speak freely. This is what is important to all of us. If we lose that, we lose everything. We lose the ability to support our families. We become prisoners or slaves in our own country. And I really hope that we can start locally with the city level, move on to the county level, get rid of the corruption, and restore a constitutional form of government of we the people in this city, county, and state, and federal government. Thank you. Anyone else? Good evening, everybody. Can you hear me? I'm Donna Doyle from the Saint Organization. I've been asked to represent the people who signed the change.org Facebook petition regarding animal cruelty. Um, speaking of losing our voice, there is a population in this community without a voice, and that is the animals. Lily Tomlin once said, after seeing a PETA commercial, I said, somebody should do something about that. Then I realized I am that somebody. It has been more apparent these last couple of weeks that there are a lot of people all over this nation that saw the Facebook posts as well as on the evening news that made it to Phoenix that this cannot be accepted anymore. The video is appalling, heartbreaking, and disgusting. And we, I know that how hard our law enforcement works and our animal control officers and what they see and the ordinances that have to be followed. But this is the time for change. And my organization, SAINT, as well as the community that has supported this petition, want to work hand in hand with our officials that can make those changes and not tell us to move it to the county, go to the county, go to the state, then show us how to do it and be there with us. We all have to be part of the change and we need to have questions asked, answered and asked respectfully and not just be told that's all we can do. There's nothing we can do about it. It's hearsay, it's whatever. It's time to change. We're better than that. These animals deserve it. They're suffering all over the city, county and state and country. So we can't just leave it up to everyone else to make the change. We have to do it now. And I am vowing for as long as I'm with Saint and in this community, I am gonna fight. And I think I have a pretty big voice along with Saint and all of these amazing people that are here today, that didn't go home for dinner, that decided to come here and show their support for those that don't have a voice. And we need to have questions answered because there are a lot of them. And so to, to please, <laughs> Officer Trebs, work with us, answer our questions, animal control, answer our questions so we don't have such a bad interpretation of what happened and what didn't have happened or what should have happened. Tell us what happened and be honest. And then we need to move forward. And um, you know, there's, I can go on and on about other abuse cases and stories that we've been told that I have witnessed personally. I can go back in time, but you can't unwind. But we have to start. And this was an eye-opening, horrible thing that was caught on film that's going to continue to happen and we have to pay attention to it because there's a lot of people in this community that are getting the very wrong impression of everybody up here, our law enforcement and animal control, and you don't really deserve to be 
at least treated or viewed that way. I know everybody up here cares and you're decent people and we have to be better than what we're doing and we have to have answers and that's all what everyone is here for and we want to have a good working relationship we don't want to be demonized for asking questions we don't want to have the doors closed for asking questions or saying you know what about this dog in the shelter oh if you say anything oh my god it's horrible <laughs> it's horrible you know, the, the, the shunning, the, you know, being left out of meetings, being left out of anything. We're here to save the animals, and I'm going to keep doing it. And I know that I have a bad reputation with some people on this council, but uh, it doesn't really matter because I'm not going to go anywhere. And I'm going to keep asking, I'm going to keep striving for change. And I want to thank you, Steve, for your immediate response to Facebook. Tammy, thank you. Um, it means a lot to us, and I wish everybody up there would be as enthusiastic about it, and I'm hoping you will be. And if you haven't seen the video, we can show it to you. But um, all I'm asking is let's work together, form a committee, whatever that needs to happen so that the people are represented as well as the animals for the good of everybody in this community because it just has to change. It just can't. We can't just do same old, same old anymore. We just can't. Thank you very much. Thank you, Donna. Good evening, uh, Steve D'Amico, our mayor, council, and city officials. Sue DeMarco. Um, I am here on another issue. Um, what Donna, I support her completely, of course, in everything she said. And I think what I have to say goes along with what she said. I just attended a neighborhood watch meeting with Lori Dungans and one of our officers. This is why we need to pay attention. There was exactly 12 people at that meeting, and there was another meeting for neighborhood watch on Hancock. I believe it was at the library right before this one. There was four people there. You need to take it and uh, you know some attention in your area. What pay attention? What's going on next door? What's going on across the street? I'm always on the outlook. They call me the nosy neighbor, and I'm proud of it because I'd rather have somebody that's looking around and seeing what's going on than somebody else, like I won't mention, uh, that just looks the other way. You know, you can't do that. That's how you find out about animal abuse. That's how you find out about drugs. This is so important in our community, and I hope that next time there's a Neighborhood Watch meeting, maybe some of you people will take the time out of your busy day to attend. I'm a very busy person, but I still make time for the animals and time for my neighbors. I like to know who my neighbors are and what they're doing. I have a lady right down the street I just met, 95 years old. She lives alone. That was one of Lori's suggestions. Look around, see people that are living alone. Go over and visit them, take them a cupcake, take them something, let them know that you're their neighbor and you're there for them. If they have a dog or a cat, she's feeding a cat right now and we're trying to trap it so we can get it fixed. She's not allowed to have an animal in her house. She's a renter. So here's a 95-year-old lady all alone that was very, very smart and very sharp, and I'm glad I got to meet her. So take time out to know your neighbors. 
and look around and see dogs that are tied up and chained up. Turn them in. That's what I have to say. Thank you, Sue. Is there anyone else? Good evening, everybody. My name's Kimberly Warren. Uh, I live in Bullhead City. I've been a resident now for about four years. And I volunteer with the Friends of the Mojave County Animal Shelter. I do dog adoptions every week. I also volunteer for McChat, the trappers that go out and trap dogs. In the four years I've been here, I've seen a countless number of animal abuse, animal cruelty cases that I have personally been involved with, starting with Hope. But regardless of that, what we need to do is work together. If you guys are willing to put out a reward for $1,000 for somebody doing donuts in the park, or in the grass at the park, we have clear evidence. We have a video. We have Tiffany who filmed the video. We have Tiffany who presented the video to animal control when they came. The dog was not removed. Now, according to all of the ARS 13-2910 rules of cruelty and abuse in the state of Arizona, she meets one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Definitely misdemeanor could be felony, five and six. Um, if you need me to read these off, I will. I don't want to waste your time doing that. They're very accessible to everyone online. So the first fact is that we clearly have seen dog abuse by Jessica Latimer on 10:22. We have it on film. Fact two, AC did not remove the animal to be checked for injuries by a licensed veterinarian. Now, you can say, oh, well, the dog was fine. Well, I can stand here and you can think, oh, she's fine. Guess what? My doctor told me I had a brain tumor and had to have it removed. I didn't know. A doctor saw that. You can't tell that I have fibromyalgia and chronic pain and neuropathy, but a doctor told me that. So by not taking this dog to a veterinarian to be checked was definitely wrong in my view. The dog should have been taken. Hearsay, the girl said the dog bit her. That's a bite risk. That's another reason to take the dog. She's still today has six dogs at that residence. It's above the city ordinance to have three dogs on the property. So from my knowledge, she's involved in other crimes. So I would be looking at her harder. All I want to do is work with you guys. We are your eyes. We're your ears. We're here to help you. Let us help you. Let us help you. I mean, you're short staff. You have so many cops who can do so many things. We're here to help. Thank you. Okay, and let me say something. If there's anyone else that uh, we let Donna have five minutes to speak as a group for this, so by our rules, we can't let other people. I let you. I let you go. But but, um, but we, if anyone else wants to talk about that, Donna, we gave her five minutes to represent the group, so we can't let every everybody individually speak. Um, okay, Sean, go ahead. Sean Regan, uh, Bullhead City. I'm coming today on behalf of uh, Arizona Veteran Canine. As long as I get five, um, I have a lot to go through. Um, so tonight I'm going to be 
uh, getting some of the business out of the way. First, um, first and foremost, on the lighter side, we have a Four Pauls golf tournament coming up on December 2nd. That benefits Saint, um, Black Mountain Canine, and uh, Arizona Veteran Canines. So we look forward to seeing you guys there for that event. Uh, it's going to be December 2nd, 8 a.m., uh, $80 a person, held at Los Lagos Golf Club. Uh, second one is uh, the Dine and Donate fundraiser that Arizona Veteran Canine is putting on at Black Bear Restaurant. You can donate your purchase um, to simply ask for the code to donate uh, for our fundraising. They will have the scanner code. I left a few flyers back there. All you need is the code or just let them know and they'll have a code there for you. It's all day. Um, and that's at Black Bear Diner at 1751 Highway 95, Monday, November 13th. Um, the other business I have, um, I too, um, being a, a, a canine rescue and having one that I've rescued myself in the most deplorable conditions, um, I, after hearing that, I'm going to Phoenix and I'm going to make sure that it gets on the ballot or on some sort of attention where it becomes a felony for animal abuse. Um, this can't continue. And uh, there's going to be a lot of fighters for this. We are a big dog community. We are a big veteran community. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that will support it. And if you can go on a caravan and go down there to deal with the water issues, you can go down there to deal with the dogs as well and get something that has some meat to it. My grandfather used to say that the only time you get the attention of a politician and the only time you hear the truth is during election year. And I find that to be very true. So. I'm hoping that some step forward and actually do things. I see few. There's only one or two. There needs to be more involvement. You guys are part of the community. We need you. We need you there to support the community and not only your own participations and not only your own events. We have a lot of events. I don't personally feel that I have a lot of support from the council. I see Mr. D'Amico there. Um, occasionally I see Dan. And I know Rich, I have a lot of support. Um, step forward um, and and let's get this done it, it can't stand and it won't because um, individuals like myself once i'm a pit bull once i bite i don't let go and that's going to stop the other thing i have to deal with um is uh i had some issues going on um i'm a little concerned about the safety of my neighborhood mr clark we had a fire hydrant removed it was leaking for days you guys would have fined me for leaking that much water the amount of water that left there and the weeds that grew there and nobody found out about it until I complained about it four times then it was removed and there's no fire hydrant for four blocks where there is a fire hydrant it's an old one with one spigot fire truck comes in 350 feet to my house one spigot it's an old one that needs to stop. That's dangerous. It takes three minutes for a mobile home to burn to the ground. And I've, I've got too many loved ones that, that that can't stand. There either needs to be a new one in place or the old one needs to be refurbished because I was told there was going to be a new one put in there and that hasn't happened. That needs to happen. And you and I will be talking until it does. The other, other issue I have is I read in the paper and unfortunately also not listening to my grandfather he said don't talk about stuff you don't know much about but I fear I have to say something there's a nonprofit considered bark that belongs to the animal um, 
control that I'm not aware of? If that's a nonprofit, I'd like to know what the EIN number is and who's on that board. Because I heard nothing about it and I've heard nobody elected to this board or just assigned to this board. But if there's a nonprofit that now I have to compete with more to as if there wasn't enough competition, the city has a budget. They have a budget for the shelter. I'm not certain that they need a nonprofit for the shelter as well. I can't compete with that. But I will if I have to. But I need some more information on that as well. So I, I know I'm talking tough tonight, but um, believe me, it's all in love, and I just hope that we get some of this animal stuff corrected as well. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Next, Julie. Good evening, Mayor D'Amico, Council and Staff. I'm Julie Hassett, President of Colorado River Concerts. Uh, four times a year, our all-volunteer nonprofit group brings world-class entertainment for our entire community to enjoy. We have programs for the public in the evening, and we have programs for the youth during the day, which are free to the students, no charge to the schools or the students, and we are promoting uh, the performing arts in our schools so we can create the audience, performers, producers of the future. Uh, we start ne uh, next week, November 16th, we will be uh, showing David Shannon, Ireland's Greatest Showman, an eclectic mix of classic Irish songs and music, as well as selections from his leading roles on Broadway. He played uh, the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera, uh, Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar. He's played in Les Miserables, Come From Away, Miss Saigon, to name a few. So we hope you'll join us. It's only $35. Like I said, world-class entertainment. Or you can buy a season ticket enjoy, and enjoy three more shows. Uh, Divas 3, Three Voices, Four Decades of Music, chart-topping hits from the women in music history. That's January 25th, um, February 21. Vox Fortura, an international pop opera quartet who were semi-finalists in Britain's Got Talent. And then we end this season with the best of Garth Brooks, Key of G Live. Uh, we've come to find out that our audience really likes country music and they like rock. So uh, this is something kind of new for us that we are going to be uh, presenting um, a six-piece band with the music of one of the best-selling artists in music history, Garth Brooks. So I hope you'll join us, crconcerts.com. All of our shows are held at the Mojave High School Auditorium at 7 p.m. It's open seating. Uh, doors open at 6.15. If you come early, you have the opportunity for an awesome uh, raffle to participate in raffle prizes, which fund our student education outreach programs that I mentioned that we do at no cost to the students or the schools. We raise money through generous donors from our community, and thank you so much to those people that do participate with us. Um, our website, crconcerts.com. Also, flyers are available at the Bullhead Area Chamber of Commerce and the Bullhead City Senior Campus. So we hope you'll join us and um, you know, just enjoy the camaraderie of getting together with other people in your community and enjoying fabulous entertainment. It'll be a great night out. I don't think you'll regret it. 
So we hope you'll either buy season ticket for $100 for all four shows or come for an individual show for $35. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Good evening. My name is Grace Felsner, and I'm a resident of Bullhead City. And I'm one of those people with a trivial issue. So my issue is, back in September, there was an announcement made that, you know what, we need to conserve water, and a new toilet would be good. And I thought, well, all right, I'm going to get my bathroom done. I, but I can do that now and get a new toilet. So I did. And that's all you needed was a receipt to give to the office, and you were set to go. Well, I've had three phone calls since. The receipt is not good enough. She wanted another one. Then she, when I sent in another one, it was like, well, that's not good enough. You need a picture of your old toilet, which is probably in some, someone's backyard growing flowers. I don't know where that is. I didn't take no picture. Take a picture of your new toilet, then come in here and fill out an application. None of this was mentioned here. I mean, I'm not looking for a job or anything. I bought a toilet. That was it. I didn't, you know, expect to have to go through hoops for a $25 or a $30 rebate, whatever. I have a picture of the toilet from the manufacturer, but that's not good enough either. I got to take the picture of the toilet. Does she want me sitting on it too? Never mind. I, like I said, I'm being trivial. I, sorry, sorry, but it's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Next, please. <laughs> Captain John Burks of the Salvation Army. Live here in Bullhead City. I'm not sure how I'm going to follow that one. But um, <laughs> carefully, yeah. Uh, I just want to say uh, thank you uh, so much uh, for your leadership, uh, first off. Um, I know it's difficult uh, being a leader. Um, making decisions um, sometimes make other people unhappy. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but you chose it, so there's that as well. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I would like to bring up is just the fact that the Salvation Army's uh, largest fundraiser is coming up. Uh, it's the bell ringing. We start uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and if anybody's able and willing to uh, spend a couple hours or create a team uh, to help us out, uh, we would love to have you. I know this community has uh, been very helpful in the past, and we're just calling uh, everyone who's able to help uh, to... Uh, uh, either call uh, our office at 928-758-3141. Uh, I don't call it very often, I'm sorry. And then cell phones, it's easier to just put it in. But um, please uh, call us and let us know. Uh, we'd be happy to have you and help us uh, in our endeavors to um, help the community through food service um, and eventually, <coughs> excuse me, and eventually, um, uh, Sorry, I lost my train of thought after I said food service. Uh, but uh, through food boxes as well as our um, uh, housing, uh, rental and utility assistance that's coming up as well. Um, the Salvation Army has a long-standing relationship with communities around the world to help uh, the most in need. And that's our hope uh, to can continue to do that. Uh, but we do need help as well to do that, to continue that know that um, I know that not only our entity but other entities are are receiving more requests um, for all services um, and so it's uh, it's heavy on my heart and I'm sure you see it as well 
Thank you for the time. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Harvey? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Harvey Pryor, Bullhead City. A um, couple of good things, actually. Uh, the other day out there on the Treadless Trail, hope we all go out there and have our RC stuff on on Cottontail Lane, there was a white van out there. Unfortunately, this white van was dumping appliances in the middle of our beautiful desert, but Karma got him because he got stuck. And then I showed up with a camera. Yay! I blasted his happy little butt all over Facebook. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but I hope you did. Um, our beautiful police department came out. They responded very quickly. Officer Wade, Edward, Wade, whatever. Um, thank you very much for the fast response. I've been assured that there will be follow-up. Y'all are going to go get these people, uh, and you're going to take care of it. That's awesome. The guys from the Treadless Trail, uh, Christy, um, Ken, and Jason Newland, they all went out there today. Those items, hot water heater, refrigerator, they've all been picked up. They've all been disposed of. We do our own. We love it. We love keeping our desert clean. On the 19th of this month, on Saturday, sorry, Sunday at 8.30, we're going to be out there working on it. We're hoping to make things a little better out there. Everybody comes out there. It's free. Everybody has fun. I got a challenge for the whole city. Bats. Yeah, bats bus. Yeehaw. If you get off of work at 5 p.m., I want you to go out there, try to get to your closest bus stop and try to get home before BATS closes. Because right now, it's 5.59, I can't get home. If I had to leave right now, I can't get home. The only thing that's gonna get me, before six o'clock, is gonna get me over here, and it's gonna drop me off at the hub. I can't get home. So I challenge everybody, all of you administrators, everybody in the city, if you clock out at 5 p.m., try to get from your business to the bus stop and get home before 7 o'clock, before the patch shuts down, and try to do that and pick up a meal for the, for the ride home, okay? When you find out whether you can get home or not, please call 928-763-0117 and let bats know, because apparently they need feedback. But their meetings start at 5.30, Six o'clock, you can't get home. So how are we supposed to come give the feedback to the people if we can't get home? When you do have items, and yes, Garney did explain it to me, on some items on the agenda, the public is allowed to talk. Discretion of the chair. There's two people sitting in the audience. It would have been six minutes. You ask for feedback from the public. We spend our time, we come here and we're not allowed to talk. No public discussion. That was wrong. Mojave County is censored on YouTube. Mojave County is censored. Please watch it. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Christina Bennett, Bullhead City. Good evening, Mayor, City Council, City Officials. Just a quick announcement. Lati Dawes, my mom and I own Lati Dawes in town, and we are having our first ever Christmas showcase event. It'll be a Christmas market with our vendors. It'll be a community event, so we'll have free hot cocoa, free craft, and cookies to be decorated um, by the Bearded Baker with the kids. So I just ask for you guys to all come out. It should be fun, Christmas music, and we hope to see you there. 
Thank you. Oh yeah, when? At what time? November 24th, which is Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving, 10 to 2. Thank you. All right, Scotty. Scotty from Bullhead, and a year from now I'll be your next District 2 Supervisor. What's the matter, Toby, that makes you uh, shudder? Oh boy. Matt, if we just go back to septic tanks, we'd be a lot richer in this town. But I don't think we're going to do that. Now, Stephen Lee has been griping about that flag behind you, and I bitched about it. Your first meeting and your second meeting, and it's still there. So I asked a flag question to the computer. Here is the answer. You're not going to like it, Steve. What is the significance? I'll read it slow so you guys can understand it. What is the significance of the gold fringe which we see on some United States flags? The answer. Records indicate that the fringe was first used on the flag as early as 1835. It was not until 1895 that it was officially added to the national flag for all regiments of the Army. You're in our Army. For civilian use, fringe is not required as an integral part of the flag, nor can its use be said to constitute an unauthorized addition to the design prescribed by statute. It is considered that fringe is used as an honorable enrichment only military tradition. None of you are active duty military and your next meeting you're going to retire to flags. Do not disgrace those kids. Put up a, an American flag up there. I griped the first and second meeting and I've shut up since then and I'm glad Stephen Lee brought it up the last two meetings and I see it's still there. I don't want to see it next meeting. It's not supposed to be there. Give it to the American Legion or the VFW. Now, if it's in the, in the, flag, in the parade next weekend, I'm going to salute it. But it needs to be gone from this room. Case closed on that. You're not military. It's Army only. What else I got here? Oh, that homeless shelter. Them bastards are up there sleeping again, and you guys had to go up there again. Furniture's up there, all over the place. They went up and got that, several, four or five couches. I'm sick of this crap. And why can't they put up a fence with that $150,000 that you gave them? A fence that they cannot trespass on anymore. It solves the problem. I'm sick of the trash they're leaving up in there crapping all over my yard. Thank you, anyone else? For those of you who don't know me, Chris Morgan, Captain Mojave County Sheriff's Office Search and Rescue. I'm the new chairman of the board of Bullhead City Food Bank. So we'll be talking with you. I've already reached out to Jeff. Um, also, come this time next year, I'll 
hopefully be sitting on the county board for District 5. So we got a lot of work to do, but I want to applaud you guys. You guys kick butt. You're very diligent at what you do. And I will give you the money to buy a new flag, Mr. Mayor. I'll bring it to the office tomorrow. You guys have a good night. Anyone else? I'm not part of a group. I just want to say I'm the one that did the video and just state your name, please. Oh, Tiffany Hunter. Sorry. I've never done this. Um, I just everybody always says see something, say something. And you guys all seen it. So I hope something happens because she still has seven dogs at her residence. Thank you. Thank you. Terry. Gary Genovese, Bullhead City, here representing the Colorado River Historical Society and Museum. The museum, of course, you all, many of you know, is here for our benefits so that we can enjoy the historical things that go on in our community and have gone on for centuries or so. They have a new interactive backyard, as it were, with a lot of uh, easily identified items there along with uh, some placards and things of that that describe all the things but all of this is uh, taken care of by money they cannot improve the historical society museum without donations so the ham man is back he is here because thanksgiving is coming and where most of us will have a nice, beautiful turkey to take care of our guests and our families. But wouldn't it be great to have an addition of a beautiful honey-baked ham, golden brown, sugar-crusted. Uh, it just delights the palate for anyone to just succumb to its, to its flavor. And these hams will be available and all the money that we make on the ham sales will be donated to the museum and the hams will be available for pickup on November 21st between 6 and 8 p.m. at 1837 Arcadia Place, Bullhead City. That's Susanna Van Sloten's address and Susanna is the one to call and her number is 928 234-4807. So ladies and gentlemen, put your orders in and your money will be well spent. And as I've said before, one of the few things that you can eat your donation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi everybody, Eva Corbett, Bullhead City. I'm here to promote my, my church's event on Thursday. We're having a bunco for its pro-life program. We support a an, um, pregnancy center up in Kingman who gives free sonograms to pregnant mothers so they can see their babies and perhaps decide not to abort them. We also provide diapers and clothing to this facility. Our bunco is this Thursday at 11 a.m. We do serve lunch and and cake and uh, refreshments. We hope y'all will come. The only thing we ask you to bring is a baby item 
and I prefer that you bring infant diapers because diapers are one of the most important things when you have a newborn. We hope you will come. It's 11 o'clock at our church parish, and that's at 1691 North Oatman Road, Bullhead City. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? All right, they're going to call, close the call to the public. Agenda modifications, are there any items to be withdrawn from or moved to the appropriate place on the agenda? If not, I'll take a waiver motion. Mr. Mayor, I move to waive the reading in full of all ordinances and resolutions presented for adoption Second motion. at this meeting. All right, catch your votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. All right, manager's report. Good evening, Mayor D'Amico. Council community members, uh, just a few items tonight. Uh, also, uh, Chief Treves and I will be talking about the animal cruelty issue that was brought up by call to the public that is on my manager's report. Thanks to Don and Sue for staying, although there was a big group of people who came. It's a little disappointing that they all left, knowing it was on the agenda for us to talk about. See, well, at least one member of the media is here, though, so I'm sure it'll be widely reported. There is a lot of misinformation, and this is our first meeting since that event happened, and this is our official capacity to respond to questions and concerns, so we'll do our best. Um, and we're on TV, obviously, so we can share this message with those watching on social media and at home. But first, I just want to reiterate that the Veterans Day Parade is coming up on Saturday morning. The council members will be there in a Humvee supporting veterans and the Veterans Day Parade, along with other uh, city staff, police, etc. It is coordinated by the Colorado River chapter of the First Marine Division Association and the city. The parade begins at 10 a.m. Generally speaking, if you go from KFC all the way down to the VFW scooters area along Miracle Mile, find a great seat and watch a great parade. It's always a really nice event and uh, we'll be there in full force supporting it. Um, so the second item is the animal cruelty issue. Uh, I'll turn it over to Chief Treves first. He'll kind of explain uh, the situation, what happened, what our response was, um, and certain provisions of city code uh, related to misdemeanors, you know, felony charges, and, and how that system works and what we can do. Um, and then uh, I'm happy to chime in once the chief is done presenting uh, the information he has to share tonight. Thank you, City Manager Cotter. Mayor, Council, um, on October 22nd, at approximately 1644 hours, we responded to a residence for a report of animal cruelty. It was reported that a female had uh, picked up a dog above her head and threw it. <clears throat> Upon arrival of the animal care uh, and welfare officers, they were showed a video uh, of what's now been, well, actually a different video from what's been uh, on Facebook. I don't know if both of them are on there now. And then they went and interviewed the female. She admitted to what was seen on the video. The animal care and welfare officers cited her for the uh, Muni code, the municipal code of animal cruelty. It's class one misdemeanor. That's what they have the authority to do. Um, also, uh, which has been inaccurately reported uh, about um, not doing anything about other animals there exceeding the uh, uh, number of animals that's allowed at a residence. She was cited for that as well. And she was also cited for uh, not having the dogs licensed. Uh, animal care and welfare officers did everything they're legally allowed to do, uh, everything that uh, they have the authority to do given by the citizens. And uh, it, as far as the dog not being taken, 
The dog was not hers. It was her brother's. Her brother had nothing to do with the incident itself. Uh, therefore, he's seemingly a victim in this, cri in this crime too. Um, and he was adamant about not having us take the dog. Uh, so not having legal authority to do that, we're not going to remove a dog. It'd be illegal, and we can't do that. What we did do is we went back the next day and followed up, and we checked on the dog again. Uh, dog seemingly was fine. Again, we had no authority to take it. Uh, there is body cam video of us going back out there to check on the dog. Our uh, ACW officer actually was feeling, see if she can feel any broken bones or anything like that. And none was discovered. And again, I want to stress, not having legal authority to take the dog, we left the dog there. Uh, but the female was cited for those three different crimes, for the cruelty, for exceeding the number of dogs at the residence, and for not having dogs licensed. Um, we did, uh, we were going to, as our press release indicated, we were gonna screen this to the uh, Mojave County Attorney's Office for felony charges. But for felony charges to be uh, charged in this case, it comes under 1329.10, cruelty to animals. Uh, number nine would be applicable if a felony charge was going to be charged. And it says intentionally or knowingly subjects any animal to cruel mistreatment. Well, then you have to go down to the definition section to see what cruel mistreatment is uh, under H of that section. And cruel, cruel mistreatment states uh, means to torture or otherwise inflict unnecessary se serious physical injury on the animal or to kill an animal in a manner that causes protracted suffering to the animal. The state statutory language is clear. The incident, uh, the facts that we gathered at the incident does not sustain a charge for a felony through the state charge. It cannot be charged. And that's why it was not charged in this case. So what was allowed to be charged is being charged in this case. Now, you can certainly go back. There are some misdemeanor state codes that they're still class one misdemeanors, just as our city code is. You, you, you could charge that, but they're, they're all class one misdemeanors. So our animal care and welfare, who's only allowed to charge for the municipal codes, did that. Uh, so this will be going through municipal court uh, to be charged uh, as we're allowed per law. Um, some of the things that I did want to address since uh, it was brought up tonight about you know, we want, they wanted some questions answered. And so just reading through this petition here, there's a lot of inaccurate information. And, um, you know, I've, I have certainly uh, met with Saint before, right when I became chief, I've met with Saint several times. And uh, I'm always willing to, uh, to talk with a group. I, yeah, I can't field everybody's call from citizens. I just don't have the time of the day, but I'm certainly willing to take calls from groups that have serious issues that are going on with the community. And I'd be happy to take that call and sit down with you. Uh, because I, as an animal, animal lover too, specifically dogs, I'm appalled at what I saw too. And, uh, but I'm here to tell you tonight, Mayor Council, that um, it's, 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 disheartening to see that, um, you know, the, it, it seems the impression is that we did nothing. We did everything we could under the law. And I, I support what our, what our animal care and welfare officers did. They went out and they investigated. They charged appropriately. We reviewed for the felony charges. It's not applicable. So we didn't charge. We can't charge. It's not, you can't do that. Um, so just looking through this petition here, I just want to address some of these things here. 
says that uh, a disturbing trend of animal abuse cases that are going unprosecuted. I, I'm certainly willing to sit down with you and anybody, uh, you know, and, and tell me what's not being prosecuted because I'll, I'll, I'll look through it. I will get to the bottom and see if there's any, any specific incident because there are a couple mentioned down here later on about, uh, I think it was one about uh, the dog being his, his throat slit. I, I don't know when that ever happened. Uh, if I had some dates and times, I'm certainly willing to look into that. Again, I'm an animal lover myself, and I, I will certainly get to the bottom of anything if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but uh, the other things in here that I'd like to address, just to give some answers as, as was asked here, um, again, I already answered why we didn't take the dog. We don't have a legal right to do so. Um, a, a, a broad statement of justice being denied to abuse animals. Again, if somebody wants to bring forward or certain cases that we didn't do something, I will make sure that we correct that. Uh, that's what I believe in. I believe as, as police officers, we take an oath to uphold that Constitution first and foremost, and that's what we did in this case. And number two, we are here to provide a service to our citizens, the best service we can possibly provide. And yes, we're human, we're going to make mistakes, but as the chief of police, it's my job to make sure that we go back and look and see what those mistakes are, and we will correct them moving forward, and we will do everything we can to provide this, the service that the citizens deserve. I, I believe in that wholly, and so I, I'm happy to take a call to be able to discuss these issues where we're saying that you know this is like a systemic problem that we're not charging these things because I just don't believe that to be true, at least not recently. But again, I'm willing to take the call to, to look at these instances individually, and if we've made a mistake, I'm giving you my promise here tonight because this is what I believe, and we will correct those problems. Um, so really, I guess that's really what I want to leave off here. There's, you know, just, I, I want to correct the record here because I believe we did the right thing in this, in this situation. Um, when we're wrong, I'll admit we're wrong. But when we're right, I'm going to stand behind my department and, and my personnel, and I'm going to defend them for what they've done. Now, as far as the state law is concerned, I know this is not what, what I, I heard tonight. They don't want to hear, sorry, go see somebody else. But that's a state legislator issue. That's not even within your purview. Now, Mr. Emery can explain to you guys what your legal authority is as far as changing municipal codes and stuff like that. He can talk to you about that. But it's still misdemeanor crimes. So for felony stuff, it's a state legislator issue. And, uh, you know, more power to him. I mean, that's a great thing in this country that, that you get to go talk to your representatives and make changes in the law. Man, I believe in that 100%. Um, the other thing is, though, is as far as this crime's concerned here, serious physical injury being necessary for the, uh, a felony charge, that's the same as a person. So if you go to the assault statute in, in ARS 2, it still requires serious physical injury to charge a felony on a person as well. So the law right now, you know, and, and I understand people may not agree with that, but the law as it stands right now for a dog and a person, it's still the same legal burden of proof, the same requirements in order to charge for a felony. So I don't see it as the states being less than for, for animals. They're on par with humans right now as far as how that's being charged. So that's really the only thing I want to say tonight, but I'm certainly willing to answer any questions if you had them. In, in conclusion to that, I'll just mention one thing. So the thought that there wouldn't be jail time or fines, uh, that's up to the justice system. The police have submitted their reports. 
there is a prosecutor, as in any crime in the city, who moves forward through prosecution. Uh, class one misdemeanors can lead to jail time for each charge. Uh, that's for the courts to decide. That won't be decided in this room. Uh, that'll be decided in a court where anyone can go to those court cases if, in fact, they uh, are ever in front of a judge. So, again, it was an opportunity for the chief and I to uh, express what happened in the particular case. Um, it's not an agenda item. There's, there's no particular action this evening, but we did want to at least explain to the community how that event happened. Um, again, no one has said it was a nice event. Everyone thinks it's a horrific event. Um, but at least we were able to express what happened, and I appreciate the chief uh, for doing that. No, there's, this is the manager's report. Um, so moving forward, uh, one last uh, item on my report, unless anyone from council has anything to add to that last item. Hearing none, I'll just finish my report. Uh, Councilmember Lettman and I were talking recently about the impact of hiring use in the community. So quite a shift here in my manager's report for just a moment. Um, this summer, uh, as a particular, this past summer, we had the city hired 68 individuals between the ages of 14 and 18. So that's a, that's a nice group of 68 individuals between the ages of 14 and 18 working for the summer. The average age uh, was around that 16 mark, but we also have college kids that come back and work for us at the pool, at the, at the community park, and so on. Um, the average summer earnings was about $5,600 per youth, pretty good for a 14-year-old in some instances. And the, uh, the average hourly wage was $13.92, and we had some of those individuals making more than $10,000. I asked some of our staff to uh, lean in a little bit on this issue and let you know kind of what they saw from hiring our local youth. And uh, some of the comments that I received from our staff, uh, Dave Heath, Claire Adams, Candon Stanley, were hiring local youth allows them to gain that valuable experience and develop essential job skills. They often take their experiences off to college, uh, entering the workplace here locally. Uh, they bring fresh ideas and new perspectives that maybe those of us a little bit older aren't thinking about. Uh, they're supporting their education with flexible hours. Uh, some of them need to bring some money home to their households by supporting mom, or mom or dad. Uh, some of our youngest employees had a better understanding of how to run a summer camp or how to see other interests of, of other youth and or uh, adults in our community. Um, one of our staff members said it's a win-win situation that serves as a valuable opportunity for young community members. Uh, Mr. Heath uh, sent me a note that said not only is it beneficial to us, but some of our employees have gone on to take other government jobs for other cities. Um, but certainly some of them have risen up through our own ranks and become other uh, employees starting out as young youth in our community. Um, Candon said that of her 28 employees that she had this summer, almost all of them plan to return next summer. Some of them are helping out with other special events. Um, so a lot of great feedback and we'll compile all this and put it in a press release uh, through McKenzie so that uh, it, you know, the community can understand those positive benefits of hiring uh, some of those youth uh, between the ages of 14 and 18. That concludes my report. Thank you. Mayor and Council Members, report on current events. Anybody have anything? Mr. Mayor, um, I would just like to say to city managers, 
uh, last comment that my first job was working for the city when I was 16, and I'm very thankful for that experience and never thought that I would be here, but I'm very thankful for everything I learned. Um, there's a couple, uh, quite a few events coming up, and I just wanted to highlight them. The first one happening tomorrow, 7 a.m., the Mojave Sunrise Rotary is having free, free breakfast for all veterans at 7 a.m. at Los, Lo Los Lagos Golf Club. And Blanco's, uh, the tire place, is having a free oil change for all veterans on November 10th. The Turkey Trot, the 5K run, is happening on November 11th at 6 a.m. at the Field House. It's $30, and all the money goes to the Holiday Toy Drive. On November 11th, the Corn Man and ProFit Kitchen are teaming up and they're giving free uh, ears of corn to all the veterans. And also, Casa Council is having a veterans car show in the chamber parking lot. That is in the afternoon on November 11th. Um, on November 14th, Learner and Row is giving away 500 Thanksgiving meals. Uh, at Community Park starting at 12 p.m. So it's a drive-through, it's free. People can just drive through and get their turkeys. Um, Food for Families is also giving away 600, and Salvation Army is giving away 100. So if people are already picking up a Thanksgiving meal from Food for Families or Salvation Army, if they would just leave those 500 from Learner and Row for the people that did not sign up at those places. And lastly, on November 17th and 18th, Mojave High School Drama is presenting The Diary of Anne Frank at 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. So I just wanted to say thank you to all of the amazing businesses that are honoring our veterans for Veterans Day. Anyone else? I would just like to take a second for all of us to uh, congratulate Mojave High School for their football oh. season. The kids won their first uh, playoff game last week, and they play Thursday night <clears throat> at the field house, and we really want to see them continue their winning ways. Lastly, I apologize to all our veterans. I will not be able to be here for our parade on Saturday, but I will certainly have you in my heart. Thank you. Um, I don't have any current events. Uh, but I do want to reply to all the people that are here, even though they're all gone, but I still have Donna and Sue here. Um, I'm busy. The, I'm scheduled up the rest of this week, and then I'm going to D.C. when I get back. I'd like to, Donna, for you to arrange something with the entire group. We will do a Q&A twice. We will do one first to get everybody's concerns and questions. Then we will do a meeting uh, maybe a week or two after that and get follow-up on everybody's questions and answers and make sure we start uh, getting something done there. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. No one else? With that being said, consent agenda. Are there any items to be withdrawn from the consent agenda? <laughs> if not, I'll take a motion. Hello? Approve the consent agenda? <laughs> Mr. Mayor, I move to approve the consent agenda as presented. Second motion. Right, cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. All right, item number three. Discussion of possible action to one, approve the 
real property purchase and sales agreement dated November 7th, 2023 between the City of Bullhead City and Bullhead City School District number 15 to authorize the City Manager's execution of the agreement and three, direct the City Manager or designee to implement the agreement in accordance with the terms and intent thereof. Mayor D'Amico, Council Members, so this item is directly related to the Optimum Community Center, most people know it as the Suddenlink Center. So it is school district, the elementary school district owns the property. We've been talking to them over the past year. The Council have, has had a workshop and an e-session on this item. When we talked about it during the budget last May and in our workshop, the Council was very clear that knowing that there's an abundance of investments needed at the property, it's some 15 acres, it's the old Mountain View School, it has a very nice gym, very nice old library, but some of the other facilities are aging and they need investment. And so we've been leasing it from the school district for a dollar a year for the community benefit. Pickleball, aerobics, you name it. Free tax help. A lot of great things are happening at this community center. But we need to start investing money. And so the core issue came up during the budget session and during our workshop that we're not gonna do that unless we own the building. And so uh, Dr. Stewart and I have negotiated an agreement which we believe is a win-win for the community. An investment in the facility long-term by the city once we have ownership. So what I'm about to explain to you will be presented to you tonight and then the governing board of the school on Thursday night. If both uh, agencies approve it, then the city would own the Suddenlink Community Center, the Optimum Center. So essentially what it does though, it's not a, f a cash acquisition. So the school district had it appraised for 1.9 million. So we looked at that and we talked to the school, to Carolyn and said, how can we provide some services that are mutually beneficial, but aren't just us writing out a check for 1.9 million. So what you see in your packet are a couple things. One, the waiver of the water bill. Essentially the general fund paying their water bill for one year, it's about $107,000 plus minus, depending on the water utilization for the upcoming year. Resurfacing their parking lots. So the school district has really found itself in a pickle by not having the funds to resurface their parking lots. Angie has put together a plan where we can resurface all of their parking lots, bring them up to a very nice standard for years to come, and that's about $481,000 for our encumbered price. So there are some really good benefits to the school district and also to our community for us to get the Suddenlink Center, but that's not it. So the school is also building some new teacher housing, what they call the DEN. There's a little section of public roadway that we have to build on Cali Dere Mercado to get them to that area. That's about $350,000. Now we could be doing that with or without this agreement, or we could be forcing the school district to do it. But as part of this agreement, that'd be about $350,000 for us to pave that section of roadway. Last but not least is an agreement within the agreement that we would next year come to terms on how we better manage and maintain the fields at the Bullhead Middle School. There are times when all of our fields are being used. We never have enough, but we see the fields over at Bullhead Middle School, the football field, that area across from the BMX park, and the two baseball softball field of needing work. And so one of the options, of course, is a 10-year agreement or so with the school district for us to bring those up to standards. The school can use them every day from eight to three, Monday through Thursday. The rest of the time, they'd belong to the city. Therefore, we improve them, but we also get the peaceful enjoyment of those for our community, our promoters, our sporting events. And so really, when you look at it in that term, yes, we're investing money into their fields, 
but they're going to be the city and the community fields. Could be take your children out there to throw a frisbee, or we could have a major football game on the field. So that in itself is essentially the terms of this agreement. As I mentioned, we did talk to the city council in e-session, um, and we also talked in public session two times, the budget and a public workshop. And the council was also offered a tour of the facility many months ago. Many of you were able to do it. Some of you have been up there uh, throughout the course of time and you know what the facility is like. Uh, happy to answer any questions the council uh, has, uh, as is Garn, who, thank goodness, was the architect of the agreement and uh, presented an agreement that the school district is very happy with. Thank you. Well, the Optimum Community Center is just that. It's a community center. It's used by the community. We have rooms that are used by nonprofits. We have the gym that are used for uh, local uh, nonprofits and for kids' games, uh, for kids' theaters, for veterans' theaters. Uh, this is a community center. And the place is depleting, and it needs repair. It needs money put into it. And we didn't want to put the uh, anywhere from two to five million that need to go into it if the city did not own it. It didn't make any sense at all. And this is a very good deal for us. We don't have to put out the money. It helps the school district, it helps us, it helps our community that we will have a thriving community center. It will be nice in the future and it will always be around. So uh, I highly recommend that we approve this. Any questions, concerns? So Mr. Cotter, uh, since we're not writing the check, I'm assuming these are classified as in-kind donations? Well. Uh our budget, we did budget for expenses at Sudden Link, as you know. Our line item budget shows 1.5 million for the parking lot and another 3 million for just general improvements. So while they're considered in-kind, Garn calls it part of the purchase agreement, um, it is, there is a cost that the general fund bears. So the water fund doesn't get hurt. We pay the water bill out of that general fund allocation. The HERF fund, the gas taxes, are not impacted. We pay that out of the general fund. So technically, Garn calls that it's part of the purchase agreement, but it's it's funds that will be paid for out of the general fund. Do those funds go against our spend cap? Uh, they will. They will. But keep in mind, the most recent action of the city, the Sudden Lake Center, right. was part of that uh, AEL exemption. Mm, Mr. Mayor. Um, the Bullhead City Moms Group runs the room up there, and they've been doing so for a year, and it's an amazing facility, but it definitely needs a lot of work. I was just wondering if you could talk about the parking situation and how that will also be changed. Yeah, so um, as we kind of described during the budget process, there's a big mountain there. There's almost 16 acres of land that comes with this. That mountain that you find, let's say, east of the gym, uh, the plans that Ms. Johnson has is to cut that hill down, haul that fill off, and pave that parking lot, creating 300 to 400 uh, parking spaces. So depending on final design, uh, you might envision 400 parking spaces up there, which is ample for special events. Uh, right now, if we want to have an event up there, there's about 80 parking spots. So in the future, we'll have you know, so many parking spots. Um, that's, you know, that can be included in our phase one, phase two, but ultimately, as we move forward, we talked about this during the budget, that this doesn't have to be a quick fix like the new animal shelter. The new animal shelter is gonna be one bid, one project, three million bucks, all in. We're gonna get it done in the coming year. This really can be more of a phased in approach. Maybe that phase one, we fix the gym and the kitchen, 
and then we look at community engagement and involvement. What do the rest of the buildings do? How do they look? Some get torn down, some are kept. We need to have a lot of discussion about that. So from a budgetary perspective, I think you'll see the parking lot. We we know we need, we know we'll need it long term. And then what happens with all the other facilities up there? We'll go through the park commission, we'll go through a number of workshops with you all surveys, and we'll bring the community together and figure out what's the highest and best use for that. Um, you know, as the mayor mentioned, small groups, mom's groups, other groups, we'll have to figure out what's the best and highest use for that. Do we go up, do we get bigger? Um, what does it look like? It's a beautiful lot that overlooks community park, overlooks the river. It's a great place and you're investing in a qualified census tract that we've been talking about since I've been affiliated with the city in 1998. It's time we invest some big money in the northern part of the city and that's what the council is committed to doing. Thank you very much. I think it's a great use of our resources and a win-win for the Bullhead City Elementary School District. And I, I forgot to add into that too also that if we were not to take it over and money does not get invested in that, the school does not have the money or any plans to do anything. So it would just deplete farther and farther till it would end up getting demolished years from now. Uh, it's a nice area. We want to continue to use it for, for our community. Excuse me, I have a few questions. Uh, looking at removing that mountain and putting in a parking lot, from my perspective, would increase the value of the property quite a bit in case the city ever decided to want to sell it. A uh, few questions I have as far as, are there any restrictive covenants as to use and sale of alcohol on a property since the previous deed did have that? Correct, council member. The previous not only handshake agreement, but the agreements we had with the school district from the very beginning 10 years ago really restricted us on rentals and if someone renting it could bring in alcohol. So it was prohibited. There is no restriction on the city moving forward. We would own it outright. We could manage it and operate it as the city uh, saw fit. Okay, then one other, uh, well, two other points uh, is that this uh, property can also be used as a cooling center during our hot months during the summer for the folks in town who don't have air conditioning or anything. Correct. Uh, last question I have on this is uh, what would the annual taxes be on the property, if any? Zero to the city. Zero, zero taxes on any city-owned property. So uh, by encumbering that 15.62 acres and all the additions, there would be no property tax paid. Thank you very much. Anyone else? Anyone from the audience? Is it on this agenda item? Absolutely you do. Has a room up at the Suddenlink Center. Um, and when you mentioned tearing down buildings, if that's gonna involve a building that is a nonprofit is in there, because there's three nonprofits up there, are we gonna be told to leave? Yeah, there's a mayor. There's a number of nonprofits uh, that have used it over the 10 years. Mm -hmm. I, Dave Heath might know the answer more, but I'm guessing more than 25 over 10 years have been through the facility. That was one of the original intentions of acquiring it was to allow nonprofits a much cheaper, quite honestly, city. Uh, I understand. City-funded facility. Question. So the answer to the question is, as I mentioned to council, there is no plan yet. So. 
are we going up? Are we making buildings bigger? Mm -hmm. are, how are we treating nonprofits? Just not Saint, but every nonprofit. Mm -hmm. What if we have a hundred nonprofits that want to be there? How do we accommodate them all? How do we better serve our veterans, our animal groups, all the groups that want to be there? And if that's the core goal of this center, mm -hmm. then we probably ought to be thinking about more space and how that space operates, how the utilities operate, because right now, quite honestly, the, the rents are subsidized by the city because it's old antiquated air conditioning. Um, there's just a lot of problems up there. So that's what we're gonna be working on in the months to come is hearing from all of our user groups, working with Mr. Heath and finding out how better we can utilize those facilities. Some of them are very old and have really bad problems. But that means we're also going to have new space and new capabilities. Yeah, we just like to be part of the plan and not just be get a letter like we did with raising our rent. <laughs> so we'd like to at least participate, not just for our group, but for the other nonprofits that are up there. Uh, absolutely, yeah. As I said, that was the intention of council. You'll see it in the minutes from 2013. The council's intention was to help nonprofits who couldn't find a home elsewhere in the community. And is it always going to be a cooling station up there? Because it, it was really heavily utilized this summer, and it really needs to be. Well, I think we have options. Um, we have options. Uh, we, we have a plan that we can use a number of different facilities in the community. The council member points out that this is a great facility, mm -hmm. but quite honestly, it was about the only one we had. Yeah. Now adding a generator over at the senior center, mm -hmm. having the school up on the parkway right. having suddenly it gives us options so if there are power outages or just cooling center needs mm -hmm. we have many more options a year from now two years from now than we ever had That'd before because be the people that are surrounding that area some of them are homeless they they look in bad shape during the summer and i'm glad that they can go there and get cool thank you thank you, thank you. is there anyone else Scotty from Bullhead. What's the FAA say about this, Toby? Remember pre-COVID, mm -hmm. me and you and the mm -hmm. mayor at his office of Mayor Brady? This is a while back. Mm -hmm. But when they were building the firehouse up there, they were within one mile. They could not build a firehouse. An emergency shelter is a firehouse, a police department. You cannot put the police department up there. It's within one mile of the airstrip up there. And unless you have FAA approval, which is going to take you a year to get an option because your 16 acres probably backed right up to the runway. Some of it does. It does, doesn't it? So you're it, within a mile of the airport. So, so the answer is, if any buildings are to be erected in that area, we will have to apply. There's a form. Uh, we did it for our lights along Lawful Ranch Boulevard. We worked with Dot Foods on their recent application. We also just worked with a developer who's putting up a, a building right at the end of the runway. So you're right, there's a process for anything within that airspace, and we're very confident in our abilities, especially if it's a one or two story facility. We, we believe we have zero issues in that area. The, the thing is, you're changing it from a school to something else even though we've been renting it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I was involved in a, on a school board that we sold a school district building, a school, to a college of the Redwoods. It still stayed a school. Then they turned around 10 years later and sold it to a community hospital. You cannot do that. 
because it was in a mile. It was just one corner of the darn thing, but that was enough to say the FAA said you can't do that. If you sold it to the high school, that's it's still a school. If you sold it to Arizona State, that's still a school. But you are changing this by owning this. So you need FAA approval or an exemption from mm -hmm. them. Scotty, so. and we don't agree with that. We know that we can lease it. We know that we can own it. Now, building a skyscraper on that parking lot area, we know would need FAA approval. That's not what we want to do. We want to put in parking at the near airport property. The other buildings, we will work with the FAA. But there is no prohibition from the city owning this facility. The FAA has no jurisdiction over the city on owning a building in the city. Well, we'll see, won't we? Yes, and, we will. And it's been used as a community center, which we want to continue to. has been used for a school forever. I know what you're saying, that it's categories. You're changing it. Yeah, yeah. But with the, the uses will not change. But it's a win-win. The taxpayer is paying the taxes on it anyway. So both... Well, the school is going to win like crazy on this. Yeah, and so are we. I use that building up there for the taxes. Yeah, so. I agree. <laughs> so it's a win-win. I'm for it. But anyone else? Sean Bullhead, City. Um, the only real issue I have with this is, um, Mr. Carter, is we absolutely need to take it out of the hands of uh, Parks and Rec. And he's going to a general uh, control. Because um, the way it stands right now, there's, um, I don't see why they would need to control it, um, especially with the way it's being controlled now. Um, not too happy with the way it's being managed. Um, in, in light of the way they're treating certain Nonprofits in that building it needs to be said. I'm not afraid to say it. So, um, if you're going to be fair, you've got to be fair with everyone. And if they're going to give uh, free space to certain nonprofits and not others, that needs to be discussed. Especially if you're going to use citizen money to do this. Now, I agree with it. I'm, I'm all for it. And I think the way you're going about purchasing it is perfect. It's, it works. The numbers are there. It's it's absolutely mind-blowing that you guys came up with that it's great however going forward there's some management issues that need to be Sean, discussed with on that. this agenda item is just what you talked about management and all that is a whole nother whole nother uh, book of worms that you could bring up in another thing this agenda item is specifically on the deal for the trade for the property yeah I, I understand that and I know you've let other people speak on other issues before but I think that just needed to be said all right thank you Anyone else? All right, I'll ent entertain a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number three as read. Second. Catch votes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number four. Discussion possible action to authorize use of Sourcewell Cooperative Purchasing Contract number 031121 TTC for the lease purchase of three Groundsmaster 4000D mowers a Groundsmaster 3300 four-wheel drive mower, a Groundsmaster 4500 mower, a Workman HDS X two-wheel drive, a multi-pro sprayer accessory for the Workman, and a TurboVac TV60 RHD mower from Simpson Norton Corporation of Goodyear, Arizona, in the total amount of 
$557,758.81 plus interest through a capital financing lease purchase agreement and authorize the city manager to finalize the lease purchase agreement and execute all required documentation and issue resulting payments. Mayor D'Amico, uh, council members, when I started as a city manager some 14 years ago, uh, the city at the time had a bunch of old lawnmowers that didn't work. Our fields were in shambles and the council asked us to get our act together. And so since that time, we've uh, found a way forward where we're not continually maintaining lawnmowers. Our environment is very difficult. It's hot, it's dusty, and we have huge acreage. And so with our limited staff, the best deal for us is to lease lawnmowers, let them serve their useful life, and then either turn them in or sell them and move forward with new equipment. Um, what we were doing before was totally in inefficient by having people sitting there fixing lawnmowers all day while our fields were in shambles. So Angie and Dave can describe this particular purchase, but I just wanted to provide a little context to how we got here, because someone might be saying, why don't you just buy your lawnmowers and keep them for 10 years? Well, our conditions are rough, and um, you know we have the choice. We can sit there and maintain lawnmowers all day long, or we can just keep mowing. And if you go out to our fields right now, you're gonna see some beautiful grass, some beautiful parks, and it's because we're out there mowing and maintaining and not in the shop fixing lawnmowers. So again, Ms. Johnson and Mr. Heath can present the particulars of this item. Thank you, Mr. Cotter, Mayor and Council. Today I ask for your approval for the capital lease purchase of five new mowers, one vacuum, and a unit that is a sprayer. This is a four-year lease. It is under a source well purchasing agreement. Um, this is not a budgeted budgeted for this fiscal year, but the lead times are 12 months out and to get our name on the list to be able to get them next budget year, we had to bring this item to council now. There is no cost to this budget year for your approval tonight. We have asked the vendor also to include a warranty package. This is a four year warranty. Um, this, the additional cost for the warranty, so it's an average or I'll say it's around $18,000 for all the units and then it breaks down about $3,000 per unit and about $750 or $3,000 per year, $750 per unit. Um, this, is, this part of this lease and the paperwork that is present, presented to you, this warranty pretty much is bumper to bumper except for wear parts. So like your belts, your blades are not part. Actually batteries are included in this warranty. There's a zero deductible. They will pick up the mowers and bring them back. Most of the time, Toro will also bring you a, mo a mower back to you to borrow while they're fixing your mower. Tonight I ask for your approval and Dave and myself are, will stand for any questions. Anyone have any questions? You say Mr. Mayor and then I recognize you. You don't, you don't decide amongst each other who goes next. It's called courtesy. Uh, I've got two questions and then I'm done. Uh, is there any other similar equipment that's cheaper that would be available? I'm going to let Dave come up and answer. Mr. Mayor, uh, Council Members, uh, Council Member uh, Alfonso, yes. There is uh, cheaper equipment, but it's just that. It's cheaper equipment. It doesn't hold up to uh, the abuse we put our mowers through, quite frankly. Um, the 
John Deere mowers that we have right now are somewhat cheaper, but uh, one, they're not as sturdy as these Toros. Um, plain and simple, they will not hold up. They'll be out more than the Toros will be out. And two, uh, the customer service when it came to John Deere uh, had gotten to the point for us that I, I, I was desperate to, to work with a company that would give us a call back and that would stand behind their products. So. Okay, the next question I have then is um, at the end of the four years, do you think that the, this equipment would have any type of useful life or is it just trash at that point and then we just go with another lease for another four years? Uh, Council Member Alfonso, I definitely think it'll still have some useful life left in it, uh, in all of these uh, pieces of equipment after four years. Uh, the question is, will that useful life that we think is left in it be worth the value of that equipment at that time. We'd have to wait and see on that. Uh, we've just asked the same question about some of the equipment we have now, and it doesn't look too promising to me. I think they're overvaluing what, what their life is, is like at this point. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. My pleasure. I only have one question left, Angie. I didn't understand on this page what FMV 600 hours and then 48 months, 48 payments, what that meant. What does that mean? It's fair market value. So the lease is only good over four years for 600 hours? Or? The, our warranty, it says up to five years, 5,000 hours of coverage. I'm just assuming fair market value, an average mower would be used for 600 hours in four years. And I'm assuming that we put way more hours on our mowers than 600 hours. So once the lease is up, they're probably looking at this mower isn't gonna have more, if, if it didn't have more than 600 hours, we would get the option to purchase it for fair market value. I'm assuming that's what it means. I'll buy it. And that's what's happening right now, Council Member, with our current lease. I've asked Dave and Angie to basically go through each piece of equipment, and if the fair market value is something that we can pull down right now and then sell for more, we'll do it. If it if they say it's worth five thousand, we know we can only sell for a thousand, then we turn it back in. So the benefit to us, as we've explained, is we're going to have brand new equipment and it's going to be working for the next four years. Understood completely. My, my thought on it was perhaps at the end of the lease, it had a fair market value of 600 hours of operability left. Okay, you're shaking your head too. Okay. Yeah. So each, each piece will be, will be analyzed at the end of its life, just like the current John Deere's. And, you know, if it has value or if they say you can buy it for a buck, we may just buy it for a buck and then turn around and resell. Yeah. Right, any other questions? 
Mr. Mayor, real quick. Uh, Dave, are the future park in front of community park on the east side, is it going to have grass or is it going to be more rock or dirt or what are we looking at? I can't remember. I was trying to remember. Uh, Mayor D'Amico and, and Council Member Lizarraga, I, I'm going to, the current plan does have a little grass in it, but we're working on a new plan right now that uh, will be done uh, very soon and uh, we'll be presenting that to Council and, and there's, it's going to be much different than the plan we have right now. Anyone from the audience? <clears throat> All right, then I'll entertain a motion. Mr. Mayor, I move to approve item number four is read. Second a motion. Cast your vote. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number five. Discussion of possible action to adopt resolution number 2023-R50, authorizing the submission and receipt of Highway Safety Grant Agreement number 2024-405-D008 to enhance DUI impaired driving enforcement and authorizing the city manager and chief of police to execute resulting documentation. Mayor DeBico, council members, Chief Treves will present this item. Thank you, city manager Carter. Mayor, council, uh, the governor's officer's office of highway safety has approved funds in the amount of $20,964 to support personnel services, overtime, employee related expenses and material and supplies, portable breath tests, to enhance DUI impairment driving enforcement throughout the city of Bullhead City. The goal of saturation patrols and task force operations is to reduce the number of impaired drivers and driving related crashes through enforcement and education. Uh, if approved, this grant will remain in effect until September 30th of 2024. And in addition, I did bring some stats of what we've done over the last year from the last grant approval that you authorized last year. And for just the uh, uh, detail for just traffic violations. We had a total of 120 details that we did, uh, which was 1,038 traffic stops, 5,355 miles patrolled. We had uh, 735 civil speeding sites, 17 criminal speeding arrests, two racing on the highway arrests, 26 adult seatbelt citations. Uh, 24 mobile device citations, 99 warnings, and 417 other civil citations and 21 other arrests. And for the DUI details, we had a total of 19 details, uh, 55 traffic stops, uh, 1,772 miles patrolled. We had um, 45 civil speeding sites, 15 misdemeanor DUI arrests, and three aggravated DUI arrests, and three criminal speed arrests. We had one racing on the highway arrest, 39 warnings, and 46 other civil citations, and other, three other arrests. In addition to those that we were working off the grant, uh, just to throw this out here, uh, Patrol also recorded 147 DUIs through the last year as well. So I stand for any other questions if you have them. Uh, anyone have any questions, concerns? I'd just like to say that uh, I did read this all the way through. Um, for any tinfoil hatters out there that think uh, we just approve stuff and that um, we're going to have to give up all our rights uh, in order to get this grant. Um, I did read all this and understand that there is nothing attached to it. Um, just wanted to make that very clear. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Is there anyone, do you have something? anyone from the audience? All right, I'll entertain a motion then. Mr. Mayor, um, I uh, approve item number five is read. 
Do you approve it or are you going to move to approve it? Well, I approve it. <laughs> I move to approve. Sorry about that. Second. Second. Right, cast your votes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number six, discussion and possible action to adopt resolution number 2023-R51, authorizing the submission and receipt of Highway Safety Grant Agreement number 2024-PTS-011 to enhance the Selective Traffic Enforcement Program and authorizing the City Manager and the Chief of Police to execute resulting documentation. Mayor DeMigo, Council Members, Chief Treves will also present this item. Uh, again, uh, the Governor's Office of Highway Safety has approved the funds in the amount of $25,002 to support personnel services. This again is overtime uh, and employee related expenses, professional and outside services and materials and supplies, which in this case will be radars, to enhance the selective enforcement program throughout the city of Bullhead City. The goal is to decrease the speed related crashes and reduce the number of serious injuries and fatal collisions through education, targeted speed enforcement details, and increased citations for speeding and aggressive driving. Uh, if approved, this grant will remain in effect until September 30th as well. And those stats that I read for, for both items, I just wanted to give them to you all at once. Thank you. Anyone in council, any questions, concerns? Yeah. I'm just a statement. <clears throat> Like saying on uh, the previous one as well as this one here, we're always thrilled when a grant comes across to uh, go to our officers for additional time and uh, better to do a better job. Uh, the job they do right now is absolutely excellent as far as protecting our community, our community, and I thank them. Anyone from thank the you audience? Another right, tender motion, please. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number six as read. Second. Cash your votes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item seven, discussion of possible action to approve the purchase of bulk sodium hypochlorite 12.5% from Hill Brothers Chemical Company in an amount not to exceed $2.44 per gallon and in a total annual amount not anticipated to exceed $80,321.20 and authorize the city manager to execute the agreement and issue resultant payments. Mayor D'Amico, council members, utility director Mark Clark will present this item. Thank you, Mr. Cotter. Council member, Mr. Mayor, council members, uh, this item is for us to be able to purchase our annual sodium hypochlorite. We use this primarily at our wastewater treatment plants as they as part of our final treatment of the effluent before it is used either in reuse at ball fields for irrigation or if we are going to inject it or turn put it into the river so this is our final this is a disinfectant uh, like a super high strength chlorine bleach is what it is basically and uh, we're asking for permission to uh, purchase the chlorine right now we're purchasing it on the spot market and the prices fluctuate quite a bit. This will give us some stability in our pricing for our chlorination that we use at our wastewater treatment plants. Any questions, concerns from council? Anyone from the audience? All right, take a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, I move to approve item seven as presented. Second a motion. Cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number eight, discussion and possible action to approve the purchase of 150, 150 pound cylinders of chlorine gas from Hill Brothers Chemical Company in an amount not to exceed $1.86 per pound 
and in a total annual amount not anticipated to exceed $53,260.50, including taxes and delivery, and authorize the city manager to execute the agreement and issue resultant payments. Mayor DeMingo, council members, utility director Mark Clark will present the item. Thank you, Mr. Cotter. Mr. Mayor, council members, this is a request for us to purchase chlorine that we use on the water system uh, on an annual basis. This is for our annual purchase of chlorine for our water side of the business. We inject chlorine into the water that we pump out of the wells because we need to keep a residual in the line so nothing grows in those lines. So we keep a residual in there and that's what this is for. This is the chlorine that we would put into that water that we pump throughout the distribution system. Make sure it stays, stays safe for our end users. Anyone have any questions? Anyone from the audience? I'll take a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number eight is read. Second. Cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number nine, discussion of possible action to approve the professional services agreement for primary indigent legal defense with Patrick G. Gann, attorney at law incorporated and authorize the city manager to execute the agreement on behalf of the city issue resulting payments and take all actions consistent with the implementation of the agreement. Mayor Meikle, council members, uh, the previous public defender contract was terminated last summer. In the interim, uh, we brought in Mr. Patrick Gann for the primary legal defense for our indigent folks who um, need those uh, public defense uh, services. Uh, we did put out an RFQ. Historically, we've had very little success in recruiting public defenders uh, for these contracts. Uh, we did issue that and uh, also um, did as much as we could to recruit local attorneys to apply. Uh, as we've done in the past, uh, we promoted it with the county bar and we did still only receive the one submission for Mr. Gann. However, uh, the reports that I'm receiving from our presiding municipal court magistrate, Judge Spear, who's in the audience, uh, was that uh, he's doing an exceptionally good job and uh, this would be uh, to hire him to be the primary legal defender uh, providing those services for initial term of one year with the option to extend it for additional one year periods at a rate of 150,000 per year. Well, thank you judge for spending, I know you worked all day and then sitting here all day uh, along with our audience members too. Um, you'd probably be upset if we decided to table this after you sat here all day, huh? <laughs> Good thing is we're not going to, but I'm sorry, my sense of humor, I had to, I had to keep it there for a minute. All right, any questions or concerns from anyone in council? Well, the applicant's not here, just the, just the judge. Anyone from the audience? All right, I'll entertain a motion then. Mr. Mayor, I move to approve item nine as read. Second a motion. Cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. That concludes our meeting. Thank you, everybody.